Uh, hi and welcome to another episode of the India Independent Film Podcast, where we talk about films and film writing. Uh, I am Pankaj. I write on my blog Dichotomy of Irony and also contribute articles on the IF website. Uh, I have with me again Rahul uh, Desai, critic for the Film Companion and also writer for other publications. So today we have a bunch of another few topics that we'll talk about. But before I go there, Rahul, the usual question, how have the last few weeks been and what's your most memorable watch? Any recommendations? I feel like uh, over time, this has become like a very therapeutic question. <laughs> every, <laughs> every month that I get to answer because sometimes <clears throat> it goes beyond movies also, which, which I'm glad it does. Uh, I think this is the uh, I think this is the first time we are talking post Javan. I'm not sure if we spoke uh, before or after that. Yeah, I don't think we uh, yeah. we spoke before Javan. Basically. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's basically been a blur. That entire week or two was an absolute blur uh, because of the discourse around Javan, because of the hype around it. Uh, I mean, I quite enjoyed the film, and but then it was also very interesting to see the discourse take the usual routes on Twitter and you know social media in general. So it's like a usual uh, any usual big release uh, in that sense. Uh, I'm just glad I was around to see it this time because last Shahrukh Khan film I wasn't around. I think I was traveling during Pathan. Um, apart from that, yeah, I watched Dhawan twice also. Uh, once, obviously, because we had to review it under deadline. It was like uh, uh, it was a 6 a.m. or 6:30 a.m. show, which is the first time I've ever gone to watch a Hindi film so early. I know in the south it's very common, but uh, apart from that, uh, yeah, I went to watch it again later just to you know just as a regular sort of uh, average viewer i had to take my mother also um it, it was nice to see the audience reactions more than anything i think the second time because the film itself like pathan i'd say you know of course uh, the film itself was uh, leaves a lot to be desired but again it's the relevance it's the context that makes it uh, so such an enjoyable watch so i i really liked seeing uh, the full house around me uh, react in a certain way. I haven't seen it for years, and it it's only happened for Shahrukh Khan in so long because Salman Khan and the others have a certain kind of reactions in the audience. I don't think they come to see the film so much. Here, people were cheering in sync with what was happening in the film, and they understood also the the sort of real world context. So that was fun to see. Apart from that, I think it's been a fairly busy few weeks. There were there were some of the weeks I was reviewing like three or four titles including like two web shows which is par for the course these days because of the amount of stuff that releases on OTT I feel like I've said it very often I really liked um, I really liked uh, Goldfish uh, it was a very limited release it had Kalki and uh, Dipti Naval in it it's about uh, uh, mother and daughter mother has dementia it's it's based in London very nice film it's made by uh, Pushan Kriplani who made uh, one of my favorite uh, you know, like independent Hindi films in the longest time called uh, Threshold, which is on Hotstar, I think. It, uh, it it played at Mami a couple of years ago in 2015 or 16. So this was the second feature after that. It was really nice to watch. I really liked that film. I really like writing about it as well. Um, apart from that, uh, yeah, it's been a bunch of very forgettable web shows like Bombay Meridian and Kala. And um, apart from the reviewing, I think <clears throat> I managed to watch uh, a little bit of stuff that I was hoping to catch up on, like just leisure watches. 
the i i watched a romcom yesterday on netflix called love at first sight the most generic name ever i know but i was noticing that on twitter it was getting some good reactions a, a week or two ago and as you know as is often the case i think most people from our generations are starved of good romcoms because we grew up in the 90s and we grew up through that golden era so every time i see a romcom drop on netflix or amazon or uh, especially with the hollywood one i'm i'm the first to watch it because i don't care i mean it is how it is i just i want that genre to be resuscitated and it just not happened for the longest time ever since you know the richard curtis days basically so um, but i quite enjoy, i very much liked it it's a first romcom in ages i really enjoyed and felt moved by and felt entertained by it was corny it was um, it was poignant also at the same time so for those you know looking for a good romcom on a weekend or you know christmasy birthday watch uh, do watch love at first sight uh, apart from that i watched this documentary on netflix called the deepest uh, breath it's a sports documentary technically but it's very much like uh, that oscar winning documentary a couple of years ago called my octopus teacher uh, it's again it's a deep it's about a deep sea diver it's about a free diver but it turns out to be a love story which which moved me very much i love documentaries that come disguised as like sports documentaries or nature documentaries but it's far more personal than that so uh, that moved me very much and i w- actually want to write about it and apart from that uh, it i watch past lives uh, after long time i was traveling when it released in theaters here i managed to watch past lives uh, and uh, i was dying to write about it so i i had i had to write a column about it it's just one of those films which as a as you know as a not just as a film lover but as as a writer you feel like you'll do it a disservice if you don't write about something like that not because you want people to read or not because you want a byline or anything but because uh, it's going to reveal so much about yourself and uh, if you don't do it you'll miss a very crucial stage of evolution in your uh, in your life as a as a film watcher and as a as someone who lives Uh, through certain experiences so past lives of course it moved me very much as it has a lot of people around the world but uh, i think it was the most satisfying writing experience i've had since i think after sun earlier this year um when i wrote about it in january and it happens very rarely you know to film critics to do weekly reviews and it, it all becomes a blur you don't have time to dwell over the last review you've written or to feel satisfied or gratified about some a good piece you've written um there's no time there's just the weekend and again work starts and you can't live in that moment long enough and if 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 say your jawan review does well or if a lot of people write to you about a certain uh, piece that you 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 like writing you don't have time to dwell on it you have to stay away get to work and that i think that keeps a lot of us grounded but at the same time it doesn't give us time so i think what my columns do or at least this what this particular column did is gave me time to sort of dwell in it and feel very proud of what i managed to write because uh it's difficult to feel proud as a writer as a film critic you know week after week you're trying to say the same thing again and again but i did uh, very much enjoy writing uh, that piece and um, i was very shamelessly sharing it all over social media because uh, i just get a couple of opportunities a year the rest are all reviews mm. no i did read that and of course you shouldn't be shamed or ashamed of that you should publish i publicize it if we won't do it who else would yeah. uh, uh just uh, curious like um 
is uh, question kripalani by any chance related to pavan kripalani i think they are related i'm just <coughs> guessing because of that phobia guy you know when you spoke about yeah. him, like, is he the same guy anyway we'll find figure I'm that out i'm not sure exactly because i keep thinking jayant kripalani is related yeah. to one of them but i'm I just see. not sure and it doesn't matter anymore i think pushan kripalani is a big uh, theater director also mm. he's been doing stage for a lot of years and you can see it in his films they all chamber dramas also so yeah so yeah no i can understand a busy uh, few weeks uh, uh just curious another thing do you rewatch films like uh, in theater the good mm-hmm. ones uh, which ones have you seen this year i know rocky and rani as well yeah so, in theaters uh, yeah. i do rewatch films uh, mostly because i enjoyed myself the first time so i want to take it in, in a different way or i have to take my mom because she's not a big watcher of films and she doesn't want to go alone so i just take my mother and i watch it the second time um and and my partner as well you know she she is i feel like uh, my partner also ishita she is also a film critic so we do pretty much the same thing but uh, i feel like because of her i feel like i've developed a certain sort of love for mainstream cinema this year that was missing in the last few years because also because the you know sort of cinema that was coming out in was also quite terrible to watch all the big star vehicles were bombing the pandemic had made things very scrambled and difficult but this year i feel like i've enjoyed a lot of these films say more than i would have if um, if i was a different person so i think like so the it says it, it shows from the films i watched twice this year in theaters pathan was one of them um rocket rani was one of them jawan is one of them um i don't think i watched anything else uh, twice in the theater this year but i usually tend to do that if like if it was like back in the day before the pandemic when a nolan film used to christopher nolan film used to release i used to always watch it twice or even thrice sometimes um i i on ott i watched films twice a bunch of times like geraya i'd watched twice i'd watched a bunch of them twice but in theaters it happens very rarely you know you first of all there's very little time in a week because you're always trying to make a deadline but uh, apart from that yeah it's 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 not often that you want to and when when i tend to watch it twice now i tend to do it not for like deeper films or films that are intense and the films that i usually enjoy watching or writing about it's it's for films that i can just sort of watch with no strings attached which is from the three films uh because it's also call back to an era where i used to enjoy a lot of 90s films and uh, a lot of bollywood films back then and i think uh, this year has been relatively more satisfying in that aspect i got it okay so now uh, let's move to our first topic which is priyanka chopra um is she a director's actor or is she a good performer on her own what do you think about her uh so i mean when she came in as an actress i sort of i think a lot of us also may have dismissed her as you know just another beauty queen entering bollywood because she had come fresh from uh, miss world miss universe or something title and a lot of actresses were making their way into the industry like that so initial reaction is all, always to not take them seriously till they have that one breakout film it happened with dipika also and wow her improvement arc has been like nobody else but priyanka of course came before that and uh, i was never a big fan of her in the initial days when she was doing a lot of uh, in in her first two or three years but once she started working with interesting directors as you mentioned i think she was 
she made the choice to work with more challenging directors and i think that what that did is really improved her as a performer as an artist and we could see that i i mean i've witnessed as someone who's grew up grew up also in the 2000s i witnessed that leaps and bounds of improvements in uh, in in her craft also like she i didn't take her seriously i think with till she started working with vishal badwaj and uh, she did i think sat kon maaf and it, she did a bunch of films she started working with bansali and anurag basu and um, all those directors and it, till then it was mostly the thrillers like etras and and even though she brought a certain oom foot to that roles it was very much a star all very much star driven performances and she was uh, I, i think eventually when she figured out that she has to be more than just a heroine and more than just a romcom heroine like opposite uh, acting opposite ranbir or or shahid or she has to be more than that i think that's when um, her career as an artist took off so i mean i think she is definitely i think most of the people most of the actors in hindi cinema are directors actors they always are dif- very different and they show a very different side of them their talent when they work with solid directors who know how to handle actors uh, otherwise you know you see them on autopilot most of the time so i think in that sense i think priyanka was not very different uh, and i think also the advent of vidya balan as the solo hero uh after a while i think that also inspired actresses like priyanka to make their own path in a in sort of a in the similar way gave them the confidence to not just be cast opposite a hero anymore was she the better performer as kashibai in bajirao as compared to uh, mastani yeah it's it's very hard because i'm like i think dipika does a fantastic job um as mastani and and in most bansali films like that's why dipika really came of age you could see it and the way she learned how to use her face her eyes her expressions very very effectively so it's hard to compare two very different characters but i don't think anyone could have performed kashibai better than priyanka to answer your question like she she did it with the right amount of sort of um sort of context and nuance and as much as it can be hard in a bansali in a like a, a Bansali opera, so to say. So I think she was very good in that film, and it surprised me also because it's difficult. First of all, three is a crowd in most films. It's difficult to have to, uh, three uh, top performances. And even though I'm not a big fan of the film itself, I thought uh, the parts were better than the whole. And I think Priyanka was one of those parts, and I, I still remember quite a few moments that are only related to her in that film. Hmm. Right. And then. Um... would you call her best performance like was barfi a good one for you i really like barfi i know mm. i know people will mm. be like you know she was she went very much like rani mukherjee in black and playing a person with a disability and uh, it just i i don't believe that i thought she was i thought she was very affecting in that role like it was the right amount of exaggeration and and sort of understanding of what uh of what that character and what that person in that and um, in that particular world means she went along with anurag basu's vision i think and i really enjoyed that character because it it it's a very tricky role to play because the the barfi himself the protagonist is sort of not as not so much both of them are misfits in obvious literal ways and they, he's not so much falling in they are not so much falling in love with each other as much as they are falling in protection with each other you know they see they see um 
they see sort of someone to save in each other and i think that is how it is with like sort of misfits and here it's obviously more physical and it's obvious but i think uh, they become they learn to become parents and caregivers to each other uh, rather than fall in love with each other that is not sold as romance and i think priyanka did a good job of not making it creepy because the way ranbir looks at her in the film it's almost like a father after a while or a older brother uh, who doesn't want her to lose her way and it gives him a purpose also and i think she later on has some beautiful scenes when you know he rediscovers her and she becomes protective about about him and they realize that they can be companions not just uh, people on the run or not just people unified by situation so yeah i can forever talk about barfi i am a big fan of that performance i thought she was very good in satkun map also even though the film didn't do well um and the film was little all over the place i think she challenged herself very well i think she went too far in uh, the ashutosh gohariker film but i think she um, she was i remember watching that in a theater year and i was uh, quite surprised and it was a very haunting performance as all the characters in that that actually was my next question you know she's done two this uh, multi role yeah, yeah. like what's your rashi and satkun map and both of them didn't work well but uh, which one did you enjoy more the satkun map as you said yeah yeah definitely satkun map because it, it had far more uh, far more to chew on even as a film as a made by a filmmaker at the top of his craft got a little over ambitious but most of vishal bhardwaj adaptations are just a mix of that right like it's just a mix of overreaching and also um, sort of immersing uh, the story in a world that's very very close to us so i think uh, priyanka was a good choice for that film and she because she was at the right time of her career where she i think was setting out to challenge herself a little more it went wrong with ashutosh that was a cautionary tale but this is actually a pretty good performance that good got drowned out by the reception to the film itself mm. was maricom a mistake or a miscast i don't think it was a miscast uh, i said look i am not in on that argue, on board with the argument that you need to cast northeastern actors for a northeastern role you need to cast queer actors for queer role. i don't think so what is i mean what is acting really it's exactly that like and if you and of course for main same reasons you're going to cast a bigger face because you want more people to uh, be aware of that story if it was a northeastern actor great artistically it would have been very authentic but who would have watched it so you have to take into account that and we've been seeing this in hollywood for so it it wasn't miscast but i think it was not a good film and it was not a good performance like it was a it was a title role it was author back sort of role and um and we have seen a bunch of biopics since then before that none of the biopics have been worth writing home about i very much enjoy your twitter thread also about no more biopics <laughs> and i totally i totally agree with that because mericom was a classic example of why we should not have it was such a rushed and choppy and messed up and condensed film like uh, almost like you know the person was not nothing more than her wikipedia page and it was a classic case of even a mainstream actress sort of not being directed well and not getting the brief properly enough in that sense i don't think she was ever ever merry com even though it was a very physical performance that doesn't often sort of uh, count that doesn't often make for a, a, a immersive or a great performance and she was very much a victim of that film also you can't take that performance 
into account as something that was one of her career best because the film itself didn't let her shine and um, I, yeah I, i'm not a big like it is a very forgettable film hmm. you remember fashion how was she in fashion yeah, yeah. and was kangna the better one like she stole the show yeah <laughs> of course i remember those days very well and yeah. again you know you have to give it to her for her ambition also i totally forgot that she had done a couple of those films as well and i think it was also madhur bandarkar at his peak then you know it wasn't the <laughs> within the era within the time i think he was very relevant as a filmmaker and storyteller then and i think he was making a bunch of very entertaining uh films you know so i think i enjoyed the most of them till he started making like calendar girls and all but uh, i i think i liked fashion very much i didn't like heroine like which karina kapoor later did that was a total misfire uh, she it was one of her worst performances but i think priyanka chopra was fairly good in fashion i think she did a very she did a role you associate with konkana sen sharma you know but except it it was a physical role it was as a model so you had to take someone like priyanka was more suited physically to the role uh but it was something that konkana was doing in all her films you know that coming to bombay coming of age sort of going through hell trial by fire and then coming out unscathed on the other side or scarred on the other side so uh, it reminded me very much of that that template that madhur bandarkar used to use i do think kangna was the scene stealer in that film um and because she had also a more showy role you know it, it was yeah. also kangna playing the kind of role that she was always playing back then and she was very effective in that there's no denying that but as a protagonist i think priyanka was very good in that like she even there's a bunch of very questionable scenes in that film uh, and ex- especially during her spiral downward yeah. i think uh, i think she was uh, pretty convincing uh, and i like that she pulled on her experience as a model as an actress as an outsider in bollywood also because you know like it or not all these actresses have had to go through hell back in the day people like kangna become bitter about it and of course you know i i wouldn't begrudge that and they become toxic and bitter about it because they can't get over the amount of exploitation and abuse that has happened uh, just to reach where they are and i think priyanka also was one of many who must have gone through a lot of uh, lot of challenges and lot of things that are unmentionable to sort of make it as a bollywood actress and i think she channeled it very well in fashion you know without getting overly sort of bitter about it and that's what i like she's what she's done with her career after that you know despite all the personal controversies despite all the rumors and despite all everything else i think uh she is sort of given crossover a very new name like even though i'm not a big fan of it I, you can't deny that she's uh, she's gone into hollywood and become a represent south asian representative in a very different way she's she's very she's not no more that stock indian character in films you know she's more than that you know when i think of fashion there is this one scene in fashion where uh, kittu gidwani asks her model banne aayi ho and then she says nahi supermodel banne yeah. you know that to me actually you know as you rightly said like that to me is priyanka like yeah. you know yeah. she is so ambitious uh like she might not be the best of actors or whatever but yeah, yeah. she's worked like hard like crazy hard to reach where she yeah, is yeah. nobody can deny that you know she how she's reached in hollywood like people after ashwarya people know her like it's like priyanka chopra uh, yeah. and she's actually working like ashwarya you know did some side yeah. roles or like not i, I mean ashwarya did some films but 
she didn't reach that uh, level of popularity uh, like uh, outside of a few films but priyanka people know her yes. so that she's very interesting priyanka um which brings to citadel <laughs> which was like <laughs> the funny thing about citadel is i've been citadel reading is that reading is done so well in india but mm. abroad like you know it's been panned pretty widely so mm. they're coming up with a second season um <laughs> so was she even watchable there like i haven't watched citadel like she did quantico and citadel sort yeah. of both of them uh, have you seen both and which one like did you like more or, or were they not worth <laughs> even talking about so i've i've seen like half of both mm. i don't, i couldn't get through more than that um the thing is of course it did well in india because that was the entire point it, you know see shows like this are more like business propositions they are not they are projects more than shows they they obviously will take the south asian star the indian star because look at the audience in india they they know they will that indians are very patriotic about the fact that when when act, their own stars are uh, an artist go abroad and make it big they will watch it whether it's good or bad and that audience is the given them the numbers to make a second season so that was very much a business like uh, very much a business deal more than a show itself uh, not a big fan quantico so i always thought it was fairly unwatchable in that sense but i thought it was a good launch vehicle for priyanka in in that industry because uh, it got a noticed amongst uh, uh, you know not just uh, the indian audiences here who were who were never who never went beyond feeling proud of it but the fact that she got noticed among hollywood there and uh, started really uh, you know the wheels really started churning as a business woman also after that i think she became a brand after that she really um, integrated herself into that culture without and always you know all her talk show appearances all her interviews and all are not really very authentic in that sense i'm not just talking about the accent because that is extremely difficult to watch and it may just be authentic who knows but Uh, and in quantico she is she is very much a, an american character almost you know she is not she is not even an indian character and i think that's also even though it's not very watchable and her to see her like sort of sounding that way and you know whether she's putting it on or not it's a big distraction but it's also a good thing because that means that a lot of the shows and directors and showrunners have stopped casting her only as a brown person you know like uh, because of that accent because of the fact that now she's married to a very popular musician there and uh, she's very much a part of american culture and society and a household name there i think uh, because of that i think she she also represents a wider sort of variety of what indian stars can do if they choose to do films abroad you know like <clears throat> people like ali fazal go under the radar because you know he's he wasn't that bigger star year before he started doing uh, the hollywood projects but he clearly has a very good agent and he's a very promising actor himself uh, so i think <clears throat> in that sense i think the doors are always open it's a better time more than ever especially because of the entire representation discourse and because of the wokeness everywhere i think that has a good effect on the fact that a lot of south asian artists can go and make their names abroad and i think priyanka is sort of a, a example that people give except that you know she is um, she does mostly stuff that is not very watchable like both of these shows i couldn't get past citadel myself uh, and also because russo brothers i'm not a fan like i hate that stuff but uh, but yeah there's no um, you know sky is a limit there in terms of uh, the fact that now she did a romcom recently also 
which just released on netflix i think um, love again it's called um and so so look she's doing those roles where that south asian immigrants south asian immigrant characters not not indian characters or not you don't have people writing in uh, her indian background to justify her accent like we do for katrina when she works in bollywood films we say she's come from london they don't do that for priyanka so even though sub- stuff is substandard again you have to admire that ambition and you have to but at some point because i'm a film critic i'm you know I'd, i have to call it out it's 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 very substandard stuff but uh, but on a whole if you look at it uh, you know she's made it in a very different way don 1 or don 2 mm-hmm. which one as a film you like more <clears throat> Do you even remember uh, Dawn 2? I don't even remember Dawn 2. <laughs> who I mostly erased from my memory because it was just a very, very forgettable film, very greedy film. Uh, Shah Rukh Khan at his hammiest worst. Uh, I think Dawn 1 easily much more than Dawn. Because also novelty, also remake, also Shah Rukh playing Amitabh and making it his own and same footsteps. Priyanka also very, very striking role in that film. um so yeah definitely don one but having said that i'd still not it's not one of my favorite sharukh khan or priyanka films mm. are you looking forward for don 3 although it doesn't have either of them <laughs> no not at all not, not one bit like i am very i'm sure i get that ranveer singh wants to climb onto the action star bandwagon now i get it but i'm not looking forward to it because farhan akhtar has so much more in him than making this these 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 remakes and these franchises i mean his first two films he'll never measure up to i think it's a cop out that he started making the don films because he didn't want to be measured against dilchata and laksha but uh, i mean for me zoya akhtar is the best filmmaker in that family by far now let me ask about a slightly forgettable film <laughs> have you seen pyar impossible yeah of course <laughs> do you remember that film very much like so that? because it, do you like that film it's one of those cult bad films um that, so bad it's good films that people use that term and i think uh, a lot of the films that a lot of the actresses and actors were doing back then like say the uday chopras and the and the and even priyanka chopra has a bunch of bad films back then and uh, i think pyar impossible was the flag bearer of these so bad it's good romcoms yrf romcoms i think if i'm not mistaken and uh, I remember watching that film because I was fresh out of like the film course I had done one year, and of course one of my classmates had got his first job as an assistant on *Pyar Impossible*, and uh, of course there's a lot of traveling involved in this, so it was a big deal for all of us that one of our classmates is working on a big Yashraj film, and of course it turned out to be one of their worst, and uh, it, I, that's the reason I watched it also because it, a friend worked on it, but. Um, i still later on you know we used to play drinking games with pyar impossible when we used to have house parties or a drink at home how bad like you tend to watch bad films then and uh, one of them was deshdohi one of them was pyar impossible uh, and it was a classic case because yashraj was making a bunch of terrible films back then and this really put everything else to shame and there was you know there's tararampam there were so many terrible films uh, being made uh, most of them either by kunal kohli or siddharth anand and uh, yeah pyar impossible i'll never forget the hairstyles uh, the the yashraj trying to be modern and hipster uh, going terribly wrong and they're still trying to do it after all these years but uh, fortunately nothing as bad as that mm-hmm. 
yeah i there was also that uh, uh, neil and mickey right with it oh, was also yes. not and good <laughs> who can forget that uh, of course that was, i think that was 5 4 5 years ago before this film but yeah. i was i was surprised you know this darren possible is made by jubal hansraj and then uh, you always want to you know he has like i have a like, like good memory associated with jubal hansraj but then when you think of it this film he also try i don't know if he was also making some animated kuchi like uh, yeah, romeo yeah. Rome, romeo roadside romeo like dog related yeah. animated film. Uh, yeah, but they did a bunch of those films. Anyway, um, how was Anjana Anjai? Very, uh, very interesting film. Uh, like premise level alone, I was very intrigued to watch that film. And also, it was I didn't know Ranbir Kapoor very well then, so I was very curious about how he would turn out. Uh, I thought Priyanka Chopra. I thought it was a very interesting choice to make. It's not an easy film to make today, you know, about two like. a uh, technically a love story about two suicidal people is not a easy thing to do and <clears throat> i don't know the inspirations and the ripoffs and what whatever later but i thought it has a very interesting soundtrack first of all like i think that got everyone very interested but uh, i i i didn't mind that film you know like um it was it talk, it talked about things that weren't associated with that era you know whether mental health and it didn't do a great job of it but i thought it made a very watchable um story out of it and it had two very charming stars also uh, who were <clears throat> almost cast against type and uh, yeah i i i have decent memories of that okay now let's come to another topic which we sort of spoke earlier when you were talking about your like um, last two weeks which is the 90s uh, yes. so you know we've spoken about some films from the 90s like roja and amir films and some sharu films so i thought you know we'll talk about some of the other actors or some of the other films from that era today but before i go there i remember i think you had written a piece on the 90s and maybe zico like you know when yeah, every yeah, film yeah. was decade, decade yeah, yeah i think yeah. zico was 2000s zico. and you were 90s yeah. or either of you how do you look back at that era of films now like 90s specifically i mean yeah those pieces first of all gave, gave out everyone's ages without really yeah. mentioning <laughs> it was very amazing uh 90s of course you know it's difficult right like because when you grow up in a certain decade you're inherently biased towards that decade that is your default mode of like cinema loving bollywood loving that's your idea that's your first idea first impression of bollywood so anything after that will be compared to that whether it's evolving or going or getting worse so for me 90s of course was my childhood and it's very difficult to be unbiased about that first of all nobody should be but it's very difficult to look at it pragmatically in that sense you know it's still a sense of nostalgia if i watch a, if i see a 90s film on any of these platforms or on on someone's tv i'd immediately not change the channel no matter how bad it is no matter how politically incorrect it is prob- problematic it is i still enjoy watching the david dhawan films i still enjoy watching that genre of comedy that genre of romance and that genre of drama you know um and you know for better or worse that's when the three superstars became who they were you know like that it was the technically uh, before ritik roshan that was the last superstar decade and um, 
that's when all three sort of came into their own salman a little lesser than the other two but uh, for me that was uh, i still look back very fondly like just the other day i was in a bar with someone drinking with a friend i think he is same age as me and uh, suddenly on tv the later it gets in bombay bars normally the more uh, they, they get a little more corny with the music and with the song choices so and there's always a tv showing videos of it sometimes so uh, it went straight away from you know contemporary songs to 90s songs and one of them was a mora song uh, and and i immediately got so nostalgic and i was like i need to watch mora as soon as i get back and uh, yeah in the last week i watched a couple of scenes of it just in fact just as it turned out it just recently dropped on amazon prime and that was one of the first hindi films i'd watched also in a theater when i was very young uh, mora so i again you know i'm very nostalgic about that era i think it was having said that it was like it it was a very it, it was one of the most uh, fascinating sort of decades in terms of hindi cinema because it was of course post liberalization you saw that change you saw the nri wave you saw the films being shot abroad you saw shahrukh khan coming into his own Uh, you saw david davan doing his own thing and govinda on the other side akshay kumar as an action star i i think it'll never you know no decade for me will match that in terms of sheer variety and versatility um, and in terms of you know like box office being the king and friday collections very old school in that sense um, and that's for me that that for me is the default decade you know it's for me that was the golden decade and it will it'll always remain that of course as i was born in the 60s i would have said 70s is the golden decade and as they do but um, but for me it's 90s obviously now between uh, juhi or madhuri uh, who do you think is your better actor and whom do you like more i can go on forever about these <laughs> this because uh, juhi and madhuri in the 90s of course there was Louis Madhuri, bunch of them. See, they will Karishma later. But uh, for me, I had the biggest crush on Madhuri Dixit through the nineties. Like especially after, especially around the time she started doing, like getting slightly. For then, actresses being old was entering their thirties. And in Dil to Pagal, she was considered very old, and she was only thirty or thirty-one in that. Uh, when she did Dil to Pagal, I had a massive crush on her. So I immediately became very biased towards Madhuri Dixit. and towards um towards her legacy more than the other actresses even though kajol was for me uh, uh, one of the better performers of the decade and given the choices she did she was the first to play a villain per se also uh, but madhuri was for me my favorite sort of in, in that terms of my and i like juhi very much you know i like the the role she did i liked her chemistry with sharuk she was often cast as that bubbly sort of um non sensual heroine per se but madhuri for me was very classical in that sense and uh, even though in the long run i'd say joey chavla turned out to be the better actress or had more talent i'd say madhuri was the bigger superstar and because of that i think a lot of us boys growing up in the 90s were more attuned towards her than uh, everyone else the same way we were more attuned towards urmila after she did rangila and then became an actual actress in horror films a very good one at that uh i think madhuri for me was that path breaking actress in the 90s and you know who smile and who it became everything became so fabled around her that it was hard to escape that aura hi uh, now uh, there is also a bunch of you know uh, sanjay dat subhash kai films do you like sanjay dat <laughs> 
I quite, I mean, I always liked him in the sense I don't miss him when he's not doing films. But when he does films, I like, you know, I like, he's a good actor. Like, I enjoy the kind of roles he does. He's been good as a comedian. He's been good as a gangster. Oh, he's been so good as a gangster, especially in those Vastav, especially around the Vastav time. After, you know, he went to jail, after he came out, after all the controversy happened, I think he got a second wind per se. He re-established himself after the 80s when he was this next big superstar. And uh, and of course, the Munabai films totally changed his trajectory and made him this larger-than-life figure. I quite like him. Like, I always... And Khalnayak, for, for me, was one of the most... Uh, for me, it was one of the most memorable sort of my most memorable experiences of a Bollywood villain because I had never seen someone at first of all a film named after the villain and secondly the villain himself being actually more of a tragic hero uh, and the wrong gangster stereotype that we've seen so often uh, of course now if you look back it's not very politically correct but it was uh, a very uh, for me a very haunting film in that sense and I think Sanjay that is uh, has a very distinct style of acting that none of the other actors in from his age, from his time have. You know, he has a very sort of a distinct way of uh, of performing, delivering his dialogue, of, of even reacting on screen. His reaction shots are very different from the others. And of course, he comes from, you know, like a family of actors. And uh, uh, for me, he was never that... In I never looked at him as a Nepo baby per, per se. You know, he always still acted like an outsider even in his films it always if you look at him you'd say this is a guy who's made it on his own and you'd forget that sunil that was his father nargis was but um, that's the that's i think something that's a very noticeable trait about him and you know he's done a bunch of rubbish films in the last 10 years uh, some of them the worst of the decade but he's never been unwatchable you know you can still watch him even when he's on autopilot he's one of those actors uh, Tal or Hamdil Dejke Sanam, which one is your favorite or you like I'd more? Say, I'd say Tal is because that's the film I went to watch twice in a theater. I, coming back to your topic, I was very mm. taken with the film. The soundtrack, I loved Daniel Kapoor in that film. Till then, I never used to like him as an actor. I, just, I always thought he was he was like an 80s actor who was trying to make it. But uh, I absolutely adored his performance in that. I loved the Rehman soundtrack. I liked Aishwarya in that. Till Hamdil Dejke Chuke Sanam and Tal both in the same year, golden year for her, I didn't take her seriously as an actress. And uh, uh, and yeah, all the tropes we saw in Tal were repeated in Yade in a very terrible way. But I think Tal for me was a more, um, I liked that film more, even though Hamdil De Chuke Sanam is objectively a better film. And it's probably one of Sanjay Leela Bansali's best films. I think I have more nostalgic, nostalgic value for Tal. It's just a personal thing. I liked Akshay Khanna very much in that film as well. I liked the family characters that we kept seeing repeated throughout that decade as the evil aunt and the uncle and the father and Amrish Puri doing the same thing again and again like he did in Pardes and, and so many other and, and Yade. I, Tal is very much for me uh, my more favorite film from those two. Right. Uh, I mean, such a great music. I'll, like You just can't forget that music of Tal. Uh, stunning. Absolutely yeah. stunning music, especially that Ramda Jogi song. Oh, yeah. Oh, the man. beats there, so beautiful. Uh, tell me your memories, like what films come to your mind when we talk about Govinda? Uh, Govinda. Uh, 
all the number ones come to my mind mm-hmm. obviously uh, my favorite amongst those number ones were coolie number one um no or was it hero number one where is the one where he goes and plays a, a servant in the house to get in and then kader khan who's I his father i think that's hero number one that's hero number one i think yeah, hero. Yeah. i think that is my favorite of the number one films of the <laughs> hero films and uh, you know we'll never have a an actor with that swag and comic timing ever again it's better to admit that and it's better to appreciate the fact that he did the most ridiculous films and the most ridiculous roles with an ease and the way he used to dance the way his body used to move the way his face used to move he could have easily become another johnny lever in that sense you know but he was such a good um, he had he was such a good collaborator with someone like david davan which is ironically is what his legacy is known for even though i considered him a very good dramatic actor because you know he he his early films were all dramatic especially the one he did with david the one swarg which i'll mention again and again one of my favorite 90s films at the beginning uh, late career rajesh khanna but a typical coming to bombay making of a superstar making of an actor film for me that is a film i'll always associate with the city and the film industry and the rags to riches story that outsiders keep talking about when i think of shahrukh khan i think of govinda's uh, trajectory in that film and he's a very good dramatic actor it's just that he lent his talent to comedy very well and i think uh, nobody came close in terms of that he used to carry a lot of other co-actors into his you know comedic world like sanjay dutt and and uh, uh, even amitabh bachchan at one point and he used to act opposite so many of them but i think that uh, i i was very fond of him my father had a great fondness also for govinda we used to go watch all his films in the theater i remember going to watch divana mastana in the drive in in amdabad on the same day that khiladi uh, on the same day that uh, the akshay kumar film released with uh, which was it um, khiladi i think it was khiladi. no no it wasn't a action film i think it was uh, one of the rom com films um but anyways it was a showdown between technically akshay kumar and govinda and akshay kumar film was publicized far more because he was an action star by then who was doing a sort of softer role and uh, but we went to a divana mastana because my father is a big fan and i don't regret it one bit it is one of my most enjoyable 90s films like even though it's a rip off um, i think govinda absolutely it became iconic that role that baby steps thing and anil kapoor was so funny as gafoor in that and and uh, johnny lever doing his usual thing i think i enjoyed that film so much as a kid that my perception of comedy was always that af- even afterwards you know without being crude without being cheap you can still make a funny film and uh, even though i watched watched the original hollywood film i watched dirty rotten scoundrels a bunch of times for me my sensibilities were more attuned towards ivana mastana and i was very glad i went to watch that film. so uh, you know one of the questions that typically people talk about that films that scarred them uh, during the 90s one film that typically comes to sangharsh uh, do, do you remember that film and like what the any films that you know you just scarred you not scared but you know very terrifying like anjam is one sangharsh is one any other films that um, come to your mind mm-hmm. when you talk about the 90s era that as a child that scared you yeah, like scarred that's you. a good, that's a great question because mm-hmm. as a child we tend to get scarred very easily and mm-hmm. they stay with you these memories i remember watching 100 days and that scarred me for life like 
I just I looked I never looked at a wall in a house or a building again in the same way after that. I always thought there's a body behind it, and of course again it was Madhuri Dixit in that. You know, it was it was it scarred me so much that film Javed Jeffrey in that. Um, that Sangarsh, of course, like everyone else, because of I think Ashutosh Rana very much. Uh, that film scarred a lot of people. The fact that you don't want to remember those films or suppressing your trauma of watching them uh, says a lot about the fact that they scarred you. For me, ironically, a lot of the Shah Rukh Khan psychopath roles did not scar me as much because I think I was such a big fan of Shah Rukh Khan doing those roles that I didn't get into the specifics of who he was playing, like in Anjam and Dar. For me, it was still like. a star making turn as such and it, i didn't look at those characters so much as psychopaths as a child uh, i looked at them as sort of crazy lovers and of course when you grow up you realize that it's it's more or less the same thing and uh, they didn't scar me so much uh, i think because again my father uh, influenced me a lot in that sense he was a big fan of those films so i used to watch it at like small like fathers and time uh, <laughs> and it says a lot that we were watching those dark films as fathers and time but I think uh, yeah I think those films like Con scarred me a lot even though technically it was not a, it was a 90s film it wasn't a 1999 I think and not sure but uh, Con very much scarred me Urmila's face always stays with me after that I I never looked at it the same way again and trust Ramgopal Varma to establish her as you know uh, um, such a sort of um, sultry sort of sex icon in Rangila and then you know have her play Con uh film like con but uh, yeah apart from that i think uh, not a lot of 90s films i think those were the films that really stayed with me because i used to watch a lot of z horror show back then and it used to scare me every friday basically and i mm. and it was mostly that genre that used to scare me the music the the and, and as kids you you get scared very easily also so so you tend to watch those those you tend to remember those things with a with a sort of side of trauma but uh, yeah no i i can't recall anything that very much scarred me i think mm. it was that it was the ones you mentioned i'd be curious to know if there were any of your uh, you have any names there so for me you know sangarsh comes to my mind and then again it's dushman strangely ah, both yeah. uh, tanuja chandra's <laughs> films and yeah, uh, same actors i think because it's ashutosh dwarkar very yeah. uh, weird uh, like <laughs> very difficult character as a kid but now when you look back you know he's actually great like he's very yeah, good yeah. as an actor uh, we should talk about some day ashutosh dwarkar because you know recently uh, he did uh, paglet he was I, so ashutosh rana Uh, yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not Gavarkar. He's a director. <laughs> But he was fabulous in Paglet. It's good you mentioned yeah, it because yeah. he, he owned that role like him and Shiva Chadda. What they brought with silence and grief in that, I'll not forget. Like I, I then I, I was rem- reminded to admire him as an actor once again because he's done so many stereotypical father in hinterland roles in the last ten years. He has been misused so much by actors. Uh, but um, another film that scarred me very much from the 90s is gulam you know that film um, really had did a number on me it wasn't a horror film as such and all but the father the brother relationship the rajit kapoor the way he dies in that film and you know amir khan's reaction to that and and the flashback with had again ashutosh rana in that who came and sort of guilt tripped the father 
in the flashback there the brother's father in the flashback and he was turned out to be a traitor and he burnt himself alive he committed suicide that flashback will never leave me you know because ashutosh ashutosh rana sorry was uh, was again part of that and and for some reason that idea that you can find out your, that your father wasn't a hero but a coward very late in life that idea stayed with me that it can happen because that's what both the brothers found out later in life that's what Rajat Kapoor's character tells Amir Khan later that our father wasn't a hero, war hero. He was a traitor, and he committed suicide out of guilt. And uh, Ashutosh Rana was the character he came uh, that t- triggered that, and that scarred me very much. Like I'll never forget that. Right, and uh, uh, you know, you know, like of course, you know, Ashutosh Rana uh, did this. Uh, we'll talk about him. Like he's such a great uh, diction in <laughs> yeah. Hindi. Like Absolutely. pure Hindi, he says like it's you know he's beautifully his diction there, uh, but you know coincidentally you brought me to the next question. I was looking at Amir's film from the nineties. There is Sarfarosh, Rangila, Jo Jita Bhai Sikandar, Hem Hai Rahi Pyar Ke Ishq, Raja Hindustani, Gulam, yeah. Man, Dil, Andaz Apna Apna. Such great films. Classic. Uh, do you think he? Um, was it amir's best decade 90s or do you think it's the post 2000s uh, that he is started getting more uh, famous or was 90s the best for him i mean the reason i love 90s so much is because it was amir and sharukh's best decade because when they were new as actors they took risks they did different kinds of films amir like um, really swung for the fences in a lot of his roles he didn't he wasn't only satisfied as a chocolate boy romantic hero that the late 80s brought him as and i think for me it's always it's like a director making their first film will always be their best film or their most expressive film same for me sharukh those days will never come back the kind of film sharukh did the kind of films amir did like look at both their films together and you'll never get a decade like that between two superstars it's not possible and sure they they matured after that they became too self aware after that they became more aware of their stardom after that um so even their risks were called risks but in 90s we didn't know they were risks when they were taking them because they were so fluid doing that uh in the 2000s of course amir you know became this legend uh, because of the kind of the variety of films he did like lagan dil chahta and then gajni entered this 100 crore club became the whole box office thing uh and he did a he also did a bunch of flops in between same with sharukh they were discovering themselves in the 90s and i think a lot of us when we look back also we'll always look back as a young years as something that what was i thinking but that whole what was i thinking also gave rise to so many uh, the unlocking of so much potential and uh, if the 90s hadn't happened we wouldn't have had 2000s amir you know and was such a important amir he was bigger he was arguably bigger than sharukh in the 2000s and um, same in the 2010s you know amir became such a big deal till his last two films um and uh, yeah 90s for me will always be his most important decade i can't compare decade because the fact that you're on four different decades as an actor says a lot itself and as a superstar but uh, yeah 90s uh, the kind of films those films that you mentioned uh, i can't imagine any actor doing it now forget amir now uh I won't ask about uh, Rangila. I know Jyotita Bhai Sikandar. Two of them films which you've spoken about. Uh, how do you look back at uh, uh, Andaz Apna Apna? Mixed feelings about that. You know, I wasn't a big fan when it released back then. And you know, Andaz Apna Apna, as we know, it become a cult film over time. It didn't. 
it didn't do it bombed back then like most classics do and um, i very much like tamir doing comedy i loved his comedy in ishq very much also um i um, i thought he had a great timing in that sense great light bone in that sense and later on when i became obviously an adult in my 20s i watched andaz apna apna because all my friends were suddenly crazy about it there were two films everyone used to always rewatch andaz apna apna and hera feri um i was obviously a bigger fan of hera feri uh, as as a comedy but andaz apna apna you can't deny the fact that there's a reason it's a classic it's become a classic like i'm i'm still not its biggest fan but i just think it was also amir was so great in the film the tropes were so great it was a parody in a time when you know there was no mtv no vtv that was doing those skits and all and everyone you know sort of it became such a affection we we have such an affectionate gaze towards that film because they weren't made like that after that anymore you know the comedies changed after that once david davan came once govinda came then once the sex comedy started in the 2000s it never was the same sort of innocent pureed a uh, skit like comedy that we saw in andaz apna apna and um, the fact that it was also a very affectionate ode to bollywood itself you know like ajit san playing that character and the the double role by paresh awal it just so many lines became cult lines because they aren't being done anymore and that's the sign of a good of a classic film especially the fact that they feel like the last of their generation the last of its kind um, i think uh, andaz apna apna was one of that and since you get rolled as your number one films what's your favorite khiladi films one of the khiladi mm, favorite my favorite khiladi film was the first one khiladi even though it yeah. wasn't an action film it was not an it, it of course akshay kumar co-opted the brand and made it an action franchise but the first one was a terrific film like you look at it from any angle i think it was that was also one of the films that haunted me i forgot to tell you like it scarred me a little because of the ending and because the actor who played like anand madhav the actor who played shahrukh khan's father in bazigar suddenly became like this psychopath in this film and he played a father in this film who went the wrong way that was the twist and uh, a lot of the flashbacks of khiladi for me interlinked with bazigar because of that connection as a child you make the uh, and the fact that you know he, he by mistake killed his own daughter whatever it is but uh, khiladi for me was a especially that scene where deepak tijori is almost dying and the car that is hiding under the police jeep is leaving and then last ditch effort he calls out and they come to rescue him that also scarred me as a child like these films weirdly scar you that bungalow and also yep. and the fact that a murder happens in a bungalow it's a who done it technically and it's not easy to do like uh, i think abbas mastan made it and then it's i'm not surprised because that my memories with bazigar are sort of combined with this um and johnny lever one of the best comedic mm-hmm. roles in that film, or comedic scenes i think khiladi was the best film by far of the khiladi even though technically you can't put it in that bracket it's such a great film and i was like johnny lever was so good oh, yes. uh, like <laughs> i think i don't know if it was his debut no it wasn't his debut because he's been yeah. in bathigar before yeah, yeah. uh but amazing like and so suspense and the whole friendship uh, it? it's it a great film yeah Okay now i have we can keep on talking about 90s i think yeah, right. <laughs> uh, we, we can do another episode about the yeah. 90s so, so we we'll continue more there but i'll ask two more questions uh, yes. if you remember uh, what's your memories of these films if you remember either of uh, aina or 
Hina. Aina or? Hina. The, yeah. yeah. If you don't remember, we'll, I'll ask something else. I remember very, very slenderly Aina. I don't remember Hena at all. Uh, very, very slender. So, I, yeah, I don't think I can really recall yeah. too much. Yeah. And then um, this, we didn't speak about Salman films. So, you know, there was he did these sort of films. Do you like these films? Like, do you have any memory with any of these two films? Look, I loved Goofy Salman Khan. You know, the film, the rom com yeah. they did, and the, his comic timing was distinct. Like in Pyar Kya To Dana Kya, I used to watch it multiple times because he was really funny. And of course, Arbaz Khan playing Arbaz Khan, it was a very obviously meta thing, uh, like the older sort of, uh, even though he wasn't the older brother technically. I loved Salman Khan in those roles. I will not deny that. Like, I don't like him as an action hero so much. I used to love him in those roles. And I'll never forget the year. Uh, in which the Filmfare Award Best Actor Salman Khan had four nominations, Shah Rukh Khan had one, and Shah Rukh Khan won for that one, which was Kuch Kuch Hota, I think. And hmm. Salman won. It was a golden year for Salman Khan. People speak about Shah Rukh Khan's gold. 98 was a massive year for Salman. I think he everything he did like turned to gold. And I remember when he won Best Supporting Actor for Kuch Kuch Hota, he very graciously mentioned Manoj Bajpayee and Satya saying, you know, he should have got it. Uh, it's a surprise to get this award. I would have liked to win Best Actor. Because he was nominated for, I think, Pyar Kya To Dana Kya, Jab Pyar Ke Sise Hota Hai, two more films, and mm. Shah Rukh just won it for one. And uh, I, I really liked Salman. Even though he wasn't as big a star as the other two Khans, he wasn't as versatile. He wasn't, he was half the actor they were. Um, he, but he did have one of the biggest hits of the decade in, you know, Hum Aap Kya Kaun. So, there's no denying the fact that he was very good at those roles. There's a reason he broke out as a romantic star. And that innocence was still there. I think after he went to jail, after the controversy started in the early 2000s, he came out a different human being, different person, a difficult person, a hardened person. And because of that, I think he became an action star. Because of that, he never really did that romantic role again. Even though the Shah Rukhs and the Amir continued doing that, I don't think he did. Something died in him in prison and in all those controversies. And after that, I think a humanity also died in him. We see in his off-screen, yeah. all the rumors floating around. I don't think he's a very good person. But uh, but yeah, I think that's why we that innocence disappeared after that. And that innocence is something we should, you know, cherish very, very much in the 90s that he did in those films. Okay, I think we'll continue this and we yeah. have more. I, I didn't ask about Bobby Deol, Karishma Kapoor. I had oh, more people. Even Sanjay Kapoor for <laughs> that matter. Yeah. Like yeah, that was my thing. You know, Mad Mohabbat Raja phase. Yeah. And then Anil Kapoor uh, is there. Uh, so I have a bunch. We'll continue this. I also had another topic, which was screenplays. Yeah. We'll continue that as well. But my last question before we wrap up today. Now, since Mami is coming, it's finally happening. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have any tips? Like how, firstly, have you, how, have you made up? I don't know if the schedule is out. I don't think it's out. But do you have any tips on how do you research for films? Or do you just go by your gut feeling that you want to watch this? Or do you uh, find mm-hmm. out about them more? Any tips for people who are planning to go to Mami? For people who are planning to go, please definitely go. Um, first time in four years. It's coming back. Um, I'm very excited about it because I'm traveling next month, but I'm coming back before mommy. I scheduled it like that. Um, I, I'm, my main thing is like I'm aware of the big films that did well at Cannes, Sundance, 
Berlin, all those. So one needs to be aware of those big films that broke out, the award winners that will play, might play at Mami, whether they will or not, I don't know. Uh, so all these big titles need to be first on your list because they get sold out very early on the when you're booking tickets online at 8 a.m. Depends on the ticketing system. But those are the first ones you have to go for because you're not going to get to watch those films anywhere else on, on the big screen. So my advice is always go for the big ticket films and then go on your gut instinct after that. Because when you read that, when you read the synopsis of all the films, then go on your gut instinct. I go for all the international films, the documentaries as much as possible. I go for the... During the festival, always keep your eye out for the crowd pleasers. And for the ones that catch fire during a festival, there's always one that gets a repeat screening later on because the audience love the film. And they always tend to be either horror films or comedies. Uh, because the, the festival films will be enough. You have to go on your gut instinct. But the big ticket ones, make sure you watch them and manage to book your tickets, stand in line, do whatever it takes to watch those films because you can't be a snob about them saying everyone is going, why should I go? I'll go for the unknown titles. You can watch the unknown titles. There are seven, eight days. There. This time it's nine days. There's more than enough time to catch up on the films. So I think uh, that has always been my approach towards a festival. Like uh, I think around 50% is sort of uh, known names and 50% is gut instinct and according to your personality. Like if I have to choose between a non-fiction, like a, like a investigative documentary and between a Turkish film where an apple is rolling down a hill and it's a three-hour film, RT film, I will go for the investigative one and a half hour documentary because that's my personality. I can't, mm. I can't go for like art house parallel cinema as much as most others can. I don't have a high tolerance towards them. So, so that's how it is. Got it. Thank you. Also, are you teaching this time on the Rasha Dharani? I mean, I, I hope to. We are in talks right now. Okay. Uh, I don't know how the lab will turn out, but I think Uday and me might repeat our session this time. Like, uh, it's not confirmed yet, so I can't really. Uh, but I hope to. I always like to do that. And I am the one who approaches them because uh, there's no other time you get to actually talk to the other generation of of aspiring writers, critics, filmmakers, whatever it is. And my favorite part of Mami is meeting these people, meeting fellow cinephiles and fellow critics, fellow filmmakers. And I think Rashid Irani Young Critics Lab gives us an opportunity to even learn a lot on, even for me and people like me and Uday and Rangan and all the others. I think uh, we very much look forward to it. I hopefully it continues in its, in its form this year. Let's see how it pans out uh, but yeah um, let's hope for the best so we were talking about the rashid irani young critics lab i think applications are still open those who Today are is interested yeah okay <laughs> yeah it, September. Uh, hopefully if you're listening to the podcast today's the last day and i think it's under 25 so whoever can yeah. apply please apply because if i had this opportunity when i was under 25 when i knew i wanted to get into films i would definitely have taken this lab I know I also like, keep wondering why do they have 25 because every time I look <laughs> at it like I can't do it now and because last time they were online also like you know yeah, so yeah. do it online but even then it wasn't I was like it's okay <laughs> but yeah those <laughs> who are, are young I, that's why the whole purpose is the young critics lab to uh, teach to young people who are interested in films um, okay otherwise you can always listen to our podcast because we talk yeah, about <laughs> that's the second best thing so yeah. 
<laughs> yeah okay all right uh thanks so much rahul i think today we went on a sort of a nostalgia trip as favorite well. topic yeah really enjoyed speaking to you today uh, and all the best for your travels hopefully we'll be back in a few weeks from now okay thanks everybody for listening